0: Welcome to New Vision Church. We're excited about today and today's service. And um, God was uh, definitely with us in our Spanish uh, gathering. And I believe that he's uh, He's here in the room. And I believe that he's willing and able to speak to us today. I just, just want to tell you that what you're feeling today, is, what you've been feeling throughout worship is not vibes not positive energy the holy spirit in this room maybe maybe you don't maybe you don't believe in god or believe god but but he believes in you and if you're in this room today it's because there's a divine appointment there's no coincidences in god and i believe that if he brought you here because he wants to speak to you today. Yeah. Like I told the Spanish crowd, I know that our lives are busy, our minds are cluttered. There's a lot going on. Racial tension, there's political tension, there's cultural tension, there's immigration tension, there's issues, there's gun control tension, there's there's so much stuff in our country, and I think that we don't know how to pause. We are always going, right? Always on demand. People demand stuff from you. Everyone has an expectation of you. And when was the last time you thought about the things you were thinking about? And you just pause and say, hey, listen, Will, what are you up to lately? Thinking about what's your schedule looking like? What's your life looking? Where are you going? We don't do that because we're busy. Life, life here, especially here in the current context, is hard. And I just want us to take some time this morning to pause everything. And um, if if you don't need to get up, don't get up. One of the things that you know I struggle with is my AD, you know, ADD, letters and I, you know, I get distracted easily. Lord is still working in my life when it comes to that. So just sit back, open up your heart, and let the Lord, not me, let the Lord speak to you today. Can we pray? Is that a yes? Yes. Lord, we honor you not only with our lips, but we honor you with with our lives. And Lord, at this moment, we just want to take a pause in in our lives and the busyness of, of life. And Lord, we want to meet you here. We want to be fertile ground for you to speak. Lord, so today I just, I just ask you to give me the, the strength and the wisdom to deliver this word in the same way that you gave it to me. Father, let it pierce the hearts just... Like it pierced mine, and we concentrate in your presence today, Father. We eliminate distractions. We eliminate the things that are that are going to be out there once we leave this room, and we can't do anything about them right now but to pray. Lord, just keep us still. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. As you see, there we are entering a new series. is a It's only a two part series, and it's called Run. And we're going to be talking about enduring and continuing forward. And I don't know if you have asked yourself this question, but this is a question that came up, you know, in in my personal life this week. And I was just asking the Lord, if this is what the next 40 years of my life are going to look like, how the heck am I going to finish? Have you thought about that? Like, have you, have you gotten up from your bed and be like, yo, if tomorrow, Oh, I mean, sorry, today is like yesterday. How am I going to finish this race called life? And I was just thinking, man, my life is, my life is busy. Like every hour of my day is scheduled into something. And I was talking to, to Brandon about that yesterday. We happened to be in the same, in the same venue. And he asked me like, how do you do it? I was like, I don't do it. Jesus does it. <laughs> I got up this week, and I was thinking, like, okay, Lord, so there's a race before me. We're all running a race. We're all trying to finish something. We're trying to complete this this race of, of life, and I was thinking to myself, Lord, if the next 30 years, or next 40 years, however long you want to give me, 50, 60, I'll take it. How am I going to finish at this pace? Some of us, it's not even a pace of things going on, some of us are running a pace of sadness. Some of us are dealing with anxiety. Some of us are struggling with depression and feeling that we don't belong or that we don't matter. How can I continue to live my life this way? How can I finish at this pace? And with that in mind, we were thinking about going into this two part series just talking about some things that we can do to hit our stride hit your rhythm see i was thinking about the life of jesus and jesus had only 3 years to do ministry but jesus went hard he went after every everything that, that the father had instructed him to do he had a rhythm and i was asking the lord okay so what's my rhythm Cause I need to catch a stride in order to do this for the next 30 to 40 years with the boys, with work, with marriage. How do I get this done? And I know that, like I said, we live right now in a very complex political climate. We live in a in a in a very hypersensitive racial setting. We live in a very Difficult times when it comes to immigration laws, and everybody's in pins and needles. And I, I was telling the crowd this morning that I've never lived in a time, and and it's not that I'm super old, right? But I've never lived in a time where people have so much, yet they're so unhappy. Y'all feel the same thing? Yeah. Like I've ne- we've never lived in times where people have the access to resources. And yet people are depressed. I've never lived in a time where people have so much access to information, yet we speak to a lot of ignorant people. There's a, there's a overload of information, yet we have a lot of people that you can ask them about something. and be like, oh, what's that? Do you know what's happening in Syria? Oh, I don't know. Do you know about the immigration laws? Do you know what we're battling against? Do you know what the political climate is in the country? And that's something that you just didn't even have to think about. It. You just got to Google. But <laughs> our lives are so busy and so cluttered that we haven't taken time to think about the things that we're thinking about. And today, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this concept of running a race, And uh, I know that the most famous race when we go to the Olympics is the 100 meter dash. It's the sexy race, because it's fast. If I mention Usain Bolt, everybody or the majority of people know who Usain Bolt is, right? Right? But if I mention the guy that won the marathon, I'm not sure that any of us know who that is. Usain Bolt, he gets the endorsement deals, right? He gets the public, you know, uh, he's the public figure. He gets all the, the the, accolades. But because running a marathon is not sexy. I don't know how many of us in this room have ran a marathon. I believe the Lord has not called me into that ministry. So I don't know. Has anyone in the room ran a marathon? I'm not talking about like a, like I ran a 1K. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm <laughs> I done a 5K, all right. Anyone, who, anyone in this room has done 25 miles, which is considered a marathon? All right, so you guys are building up your courage to get there, right? Yes. So I was thinking about the word marathon. I was like, where, where does the word marathon comes from? And it's crazy. Where does the word marathon comes from? And, it's, and it's, there's a Greek messenger. His name was Pheidippides. And um, he had to run from the battlefield that was going on in the city of Marathon all the way to Athens to tell the people there that they had defeated the Persians, right? The problem is that once he got there, he dropped dead. So that's why I don't run a marathon. Because <laughs> that's why the Lord hasn't called me to And And they named, it, you know, the, the, the Greek legend is that they've named the word, you know, you know, the marathon, the race, after this guy's name. And Paul, in the book of Corinthians, talks about running a race and This is what he says in verse 24, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible or you don't have an electronic Bible for those that enjoy the electronic uh, way, those that need to be delivered and need the real paper thing, you can follow up on the uh, electronic screens. (laughs) And it says, don't you realize, in other words, don't you understand that in a race Everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Tell your neighbor, I am in this to win this. I am in it to win it. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined, that's a bad word, in their training. They do it to win a prize but they do it to win a prize that will that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize which leads me to my next slide i think that one of the issues is that most of us we wake up to try instead of waking up to train we're many of us in this room are are exhausted because we're spending our lives trying trying to impress people trying to fit in trying to look the part trying to please God trying to fit the mold trying to acquire things and we forget about training and i think that i love social media and i love the power that social media gives but one of the things that Social media has done to people is make them believe that their life sucks See, because we're comparing our lives to someone else highlight reel What we're doing is comparing ourselves to what someone wants to put out there not necessarily what they're living and I say this all the time and I have some haters in the room when I say this when I hear best husband in the world Best wife in the world, I get a call. My husband's beating me. I've seen those examples. And some of us are, oh, my marriage doesn't look like that. I'm like, thank God your marriage is not like that because I know the truth about that marriage. I'm just a pastor. I can't, I have a, what is it, a confidentiality agreement that I can't, non-disclosure and I can't disclose. So some of us, some of us are trying to look like something that doesn't really exist. Instead of waking up, waking up to train. See, there are things in life that you can do by feeling. Like, Like if you feel like buying me lunch, I'll take it. But there's some things that we do by discipline. And this is the thing with this Christian walk. Everything in this spirituality, in this Christian walk, is about discipline and not feeling. Because there are days that you don't feel like it. Am I talking to somebody today? See, there's some days that I don't feel like praying. There's some days that I don't feel like lifting up my hands. But I've disciplined myself enough to know that God deserves the glory even if I don't feel that he deserves the glory. See, when you're disciplined in your spiritual walk, you know that he is good even though your physical eyes can't see that he is good. You know that he's a healer, even if you don't feel that he's a healer. Be very careful with people that every sentence they start, no, because I feel, run, run, just like the series, (laughs) run. No, because I feel when you're guided by your feelings, you're going to burn and crash, crash and burn both. See, this Christian walk, and and I tell people all the time, most days, you're not going to get the the highlight reel, right? Yeah, most days, you're not going to get the goosebumps. Most days, you're not going to cry in worship. Most days, you're not going to feel God. See, but that's why the Bible talks about having the mind of Christ. Because when you know, it doesn't matter what you feel. So if you know that he is good, it doesn't matter if you don't feel that he is good. Does that make sense? See, there's some days that I don't feel like loving my kids. There's days that I feel like giving them up for adoption. That's what I'm really feeling. But what I know is that they're mine and they depend on me. It's what I know feel like loving my wife, but that's a commitment that I made, and that's what I know. See? And when the worship worship team tells you to lift, can you lift your hands? You may not be feeling it, but that's creating in you a discipline that when you get home and you start encountering some issues, you know where to go to. See? I believe that Including myself, pastors, and churches, we're doing a disservice to people, making them feel that the Christian walk is about emotions. It's not about emotions. You don't come to this place for your emotions to get tickled. We come to this place to get trained. We come to this place to ingest the word of God, understand what the word of God says, start applying it, and it's an everyday thing. Listen, I was saying this morning, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, we went on vacation, right? And um, there was this guy at the pool. This guy was like a 12-pack. This guy was like buff. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. And I was like, hey, you know, we're, we're in the pool, you know, we're trying to, and I'm like, hey, you know. How much do you train? He's like, man, it's crazy, because I'm here on vacation, but I wake up every day at 6 in the morning, and I got to go to the gym, because my body is asking for it. And he's like, I don't feel like lifting. I don't feel like training. I don't feel like doing cardio, but my body is asking for it. I was telling him, man, you're preaching to me, and you don't even know it. I said, we're well, past the offering bucket, brother. That's... Let's lift up an offering for you. You're preaching. So what happens is that when we discipline ourselves spiritually, when we don't feel it, we still do it. See, you don't you may wake up and say, I don't feel like going to church, but when I don't I don't feel like going to church, but I'm putting on my shirt, and I'm not feeling like going to church, I'm putting on my shoes. I don't feel like it. And I'm driving here because my body. I've disciplined myself to be here, because it's not about about if I feel it or not, because most days you're not going to feel it. Am I talking to somebody today? Most days you're going to wake up and be like, I don't feel like praying because I don't feel you're doing anything. And God is like, I'm always at work even if you don't feel it. So we got to wake up every day to train ourselves, not try. Try. Because, listen, you can't impress God. You can't impress people. Hey, listen, there's people that have opinion about you. They're not going to change. There's people that can't accept your new reality. And every time they speak to you, they're going to bring up your past because that's the only thing they can comprehend. That's the only thing they can assimilate. They can't understand what God is doing in you today. But we got to stop trying. <laughs> I said, I, I told Lord one day, I said, like, Listen. Here's my life contract. I left it blank, and I think I talked about that in Father's Day. on Father's Day. I left it blank, and I signed it in the bottom. Why well, I left it blank? Whatever you put is yes. I can't try no more. Whatever you call me to do, wherever you send me, I'm going. I don't want to try anymore. I'm going to train. Does that make sense? Philippians 3, 12 through 14. This is Paul speaking. He says, hey, listen. I'm not saying that I got this. The same saying, same I don't got this. I, I'm here running this thing right with you. I don't have this perfected. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. No, I'm not. But I press on. In other words, I press. I make myself. I force myself. I push myself. I press. I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, he makes it clear again, I have not achieved it. I'm still a work in progress, but I focus on one thing, and let me stop right there. How many things are you focusing on? How many things have your attention today? If I were to speak, I can go through a list of... uh, Many things have my attention today. But Paul says, hey, listen, none of that matters because I focus on one thing. And the one thing I focus, he says, is forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I said it this morning, and I believe it. I believe that people in this room, just like this morning, you haven't forgiven yourself about your past, and your past still haunts you and the devil still makes you believe that your past is who you are so you wake up every morning and every time you want to put a smile on your face every time you want to think about the goodness of the Lord you're reminded about your past and Paul is saying I focus on one thing I leave my past behind me and I There's people that are in your life right now that they can't accept your new reality. You know what? Those people got to go. I don't know how your circle looks like, but there's people in your life that are a constant reminder of the old you. Mm. 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 And that there's this emotional attachment to them that for some reason you have an understanding that if you let them go, you're letting them down. Mm. saying is if you don't let them go, they're bringing you down. As I focus on one thing. Yeah, I told a story this morning, one of the, Marianne and I used to get together with some family and every time we got together, the, 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 the theme was our, the childhood and the early years and, and I believe there's place for that but every time we get together, I don't want to talk about the past. Like I get, the, I, I know it happened. I, I was there, or I got the joke. You said it only seventy-seven times. What is the Lord doing in your life today? How's ministry looking for you? Who are you blessing? Who are you invested in? Let's talk about what. What like when somebody said, "Hey, listen, Will, I heard something about you." I was like, "Oh yeah." Um, what book of the Bible are you reading? Oh, huh? they weren't ready for that question. The question was, "Oh, what did they say?" Right. So, I said this before, if you're going to to the Keys, right, you're getting on I-95 South, right? Right? See, you can hop on I- I-95 North and drive till your socks fall off. You're not gonna get to the Keys. See, there are people in your vehicle that are not going where you're going. And you're confused, and they are confused. There's some people that need to get out of your vehicle. Pull over, you put the hazards on. I mean, like, excuse me, if you're not going to the keys, this is, where you, this is where you get off. He says he forgets the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race. See, the Bible talks about those that their faith got cold. Those that stopped coming, those that stopped loving Him—it's not about doing it for one season. It's about ending the race. My question is—is is it? My question this morning is: Are you a finisher? I know people for seasons that will come here and be on fire, and I'll never see them again. Can you finish? Do you have enough? for lack of a better word intestinal fortitude to say I know who I am I know who God called me to be I know where I'm going and I'm going to finish this race like the horses whatever they put on them right here what's it called blinders Blinders? hey listen I I don't care who, who see another thing that happens is that many of us are running someone else's race And you don't have the level of grace nor the endurance nor the capacity because it's not your race and you're getting tired and you're getting exhausted because you're taking ownership of problems of someone that's not taking ownership of their own stuff. Too heavy? Is this too heavy or we good? We good, we good? In the back? We all good? Okay. And and I think that when... I think that when Paul says, listen, I need to focus, is because he understands that there's distraction. He says, I need to train myself to focus. I, I, I talked about the idea, it's, it's real. Like, for me, look I, you know, someone opens that door and that's it. I lost my, tr- and in life, many of us are like, ooh, ooh. And we're forgetting to live the life God has given us. Some of us can be in a room with people and not even be in the room with people. It's like a friend of mine says, you're scrolling and patrolling. Come on now. And you're fantasizing about what it could be if I was, and the is saying, I have, my goodness is for you. <laughs> Forget about that. Run your race. Be content with what I'm giving you and what I'm opening up for you. And, depressed, people are anxious, and when you talk to them, they're anxious about things. Right? Like, I've never I've never sat with someone and said, hey, listen, pastor, I'm depressed because I haven't had time to pray enough. No, no, no. Oh, pastor, I'm feeling bad, man, because I haven't worshiped hard enough. It's usually I don't have this, we can't get this, we can't catch a break, and then and, and this. We concentrate on the things that the Lord is not doing, but we forget about the things that the Lord is saving us from. When was the last time you gave God thanks for that accident that didn't happen? When was the last time you gave God thanks for that sickness that didn't hit your doorstep? He's always up to something. That's why it's not about feeling. It's about discipline. It's about what I know him to be. David said, I recall these things. In other words, when I'm struggling and when my bank account is on zero, I recall that he's Jehovah Jireh. When my body hurts or when there's sickness in my home, I recall that he is Jehovah healer. As I press on to reach the race and receive the heavenly prize, which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Focus on one thing. How does, your, how does your agenda look like? How, do, how are you managing Christ in there? The Bible says, seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will be added. Do you trust that? That's the bottom line to that. Do you trust that he can do it? I, I spoke to Mary the other day. And I think at the bottom line of everything is a trust issue. Do we trust that he's good at being God or are we better being God junior than him being God senior any control freaks in the room God if I can't control it I can't digest it anyone like that God if I'm in the middle of the room and I'm not the one uh, I don't know what's gonna go on eh? And that's how some of us manage life, and we're trying, and we're trying, and we're trying, and, and you know, we're hustling, and but you know, I'm on my grind, and I'm, I'm like, shut up. I'm in, I'm making moves, and I'm in. And the Lord is like, you let me know when you're done. My grace, the Bible says, is made perfect in your weakness. When you say, God, listen, I can't but you can, that's the most freeing thing you could ever do. The most freeing thing you could ever do is say, hey, listen, Lord, I tried it. I tried to have a good marriage. I tried to raise my kids. I can't do it, and I need you. That's when his grace starts taking over. That's when his grace is made perfect, meaning it's made full in the middle of weakness. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through are y'all good? Y'all still with me? Yeah. Is this is this good for anyone? Yeah. It's making sense. Yeah. It says therefore, and every time you see the word therefore in scripture, it's tying the previous chapter to this new chapter. And if you read Hebrews 11. It's like the museum of, or the hall of faith, the hall of fame of, 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 of guys that live by faith. It talks about Abraham, it talks about David, it talks about Moses, and, and it talks about Gideon, and, and it talks about how their faith, how they were able to move mountain, mountains through faith, and it says, because of that. So therefore, since we are surrounded By such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip every weight that slows us down. In other words, you are surrounded and you don't even know it. You are here today as a result of someone's (laughs) prayer that you may not even know. Someone was in their prayer closet (laughs) praying for you for you to be here today. And may you may not even know it, you may never know it, but someone was interceding before the Father for you to be here today. It says we're surrounded, like that song that says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Paul is saying you're surrounded by people. And even if you don't, when you feel alone, and you feel like nobody cares, and you feel like nobody's paying attention, there is someone that's praying for you. And not necessarily Mary and I, because we got to pray for everybody. But someone is praying for you. It could be that abuelita, that praying grandma that has your name on her little list. My mom sent me a picture the other day. My grandma is 92 years old, her mom. She's struggling. She's starting to struggle with some sort of dementia. But one thing she doesn't forget, she sent me a picture 92, 92, 93, every morning, 5.30 a.m., she's on her knees praying. And at that age, I'm assuming that someday she doesn't feel it, (laughs) but she's disciplined herself to do it. She sent me a picture of her. I'm like, man, she's forgotten a lot of things, but she hasn't forgotten to do that. You're surrounded Even if you come, if you don't come and we don't see you, we are praying for you. Know that. If you ever walk into our room, you'll see we have two boards in our room full of names, full of people. We're we're crying out for the Father. Every time we get a Connect card and we get a new name, that name goes in the board. And we're like, God, whatever you're doing in that life. May your will be done. May your goodness reach them. You are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and what's a witness? Someone that was able, that can testify to something. Someone that can, has experience. Someone that has experienced the goodness of God to say, "Hey, listen, I want Francis to have the goodness. If I want God, I want, I want Stephanie to encounter you." That's why we're always praying without ceasing. The Bible calls us to. Which leads me to my next slide is. We have a cheering section. Someone is rooting for you. The day that I understood the call over my life was the day that someone told me, Will, depending on your yes, there's going to be a generations and destinies that are going to be changed, that are hinging on your yes. In other words... Your yes to Jesus is not only for you. There are people that their eternity is depending on your yes. There are people around you that no one else is going to reach them or touch them but you. That's why God has called you to do it. I'm like, no pressure. <laughs> No pressure, Lord, but thank you. See, if you're able to be a witness to somebody of what God has done in your life, if you're able to share your story, hey, listen, preaching, this is just additional stuff, but real preaching is when you can share your story, and you're the best preacher of your story because no one knows your story like you know your story. When you're able to share that, you share it with conviction. You share it with facts because you know the facts and you're able to say, listen, I was this. This is what the Lord has done. You're the best preacher in the world. But we have a cheering section. And this is what he says in Hebrews 13, 5. The part B of this message says, for God has said. And this is this is a scripture that if You know you want to write it down somewhere tweet it facebook it instagram it you know you can remove that selfie and put this one up for god has said i will never leave you sorry i will never fail you i will never abandon you and i love the term never in this context not in the context of like oh you never pick up the garbage or you never answer my call. Never is 100 out of 100. So it's impossible for it to be never. But anyways, we use those infinite terms. Like, yeah, we do use infinite like never or like always, right? Oh, you always. Always? 100 out of 100? If it's 99 out of 100, it's not always. Sorry, I'm just going on around. I will never leave you. Never. I will never Sorry, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. How many of us in this room are familiar with Dr. Carolyn Leaf? If you're not, get familiar with her. She's a Christian psychologist, and she said something that it, it resonated in my spirit because I was struggling with that. How many of us have used the following term? This always happens to me. Just, just Three? Anybody else is? oh, this always happens to me. So over the past week I've had, or the past two weeks, we've had very bad experiences with the drive-through. Either something is broken or they're changing shifts. No, but that's not a, that's, that's 100% of the time. That is always. Um, and, and I was like, yo, I, I was telling the kids, this always happens to us story short, you know, I get some of her um, newsletters and she talks about the power of perspective. He says, we use terms like this always happens to me, referring to one isolated episode. And what happens is that our mental real estate is not as huge. So every time we're encountered to something similar, our minds go to this always happens to me. For example, like I speak to some of you, and we're like, how was your week, man? I had a bad week. Really, you had a bad Tuesday? Am I talking to somebody in this room? Oh, what a bad day. You had 15 minutes, maybe, bad of your day. Am I right? It's the power of perspective, and I want to. I say that to say that, I want us to shift to this perspective. It says, I will never fail you. When we sing that song, you never failed me yet from do it again. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Hebrews 3.13 says, you must warn each other every day while it's still today. In other words, if you need to pick up that phone, do it. If you need to text someone and tell them, hey, listen, I'm rooting for you. I tell Marianne all the time, when I tell her stuff, do it right now, do it right now, text her right now, do it right now, call her right now. You don't know if someone's needing that encouragement at that moment. If God has called you to bless somebody, do it. Don't think about they don't need it, oh, they look better than me, they dress better. God is calling you, if the Spirit of the Lord is prompting you to bless someone, go ahead and bless. You don't know what you're blocking from receiving. So do it while it's still today, Paul says, so that none of you, will be deceived by sin, and hardened against God. Hebrews 12:1. Therefore we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. We must strip. let us strip off, right? of every weight that slows us down. What kind of weight is slowing you down? Some of that weight is people. And and if they're in this room, don't look at them. Just look at me. Some of that weight is optional. See, what happens is that there there are these emotional attachments, emotional strings to certain people because they represented something in a season... And the devil tends to make us believe that without that, I'm either being a bad friend or I'm letting someone down. That is weighing us down. If you evaluate your circle today, is that circle lifting you up or is that circle bringing you down? That's why it's not about feeling. That's why it's about head knowledge. You need to weigh your pros and cons and look at stuff. Hey, Paul said, hey, listen, I'm like this. I love you. I'll pray for you. If you Hit me up, you know, I'll cash up you, or whatever. But I'm going, I got somewhere to be. And I know, trust me, I'm someone that I, I, I don't like to, like, feel that I left somebody down. Or I don't... But when I look at the destiny of God's perfect plan over my life, I know who can get who can get on the boat and who can't. I'm going somewhere. We read scripture that says you are in it to win it, right? Right? To win the prize. So why are we carrying people that are not going where we're going? Next slide. So we need to let go of what's holding you back and everything that hinders. I was telling the people this morning, if you're struggling with with with, with something on the internet, sometimes what you gotta do is disconnect the internet from your house. Cut off the Wi-Fi. Make your spouse put a password on, on the Wi-Fi that she doesn't give it to you. If that's what it takes. I said a few weeks ago, the Lord draws the line at sin. We got to draw the line at temptation. See, because if I always t- I always tell my kids, if you need to come up with the answer when the question is asked, you're going to fail. If you already know the answer before the question comes, you're going to succeed. So you need to remove everything that hinders. What is hindering you in this race? Some of us need to stop, start saying no. You, eh? but that Monday night, I'm going to be spending time with that my family. That Monday night, I have a prayer gathering. That Monday night, I'm spending time with the Lord. We need to unclutter, even if I don't think that's a word, but unclutter our lives, declutter our lives. We need to. Some of us are, are are burdened because there's too much. And what happens is that what burdens you is typically things that are not associated to your destiny that are not associated to your calling so they become a burden because when you hit your stride towards your destiny that's why you say if you do what you love you never work, right? That kind of that kind of took the air out of the room I'm not not coming against your nine to five because I have one myself but are the things on your agenda aligned to your destiny? Do you know what the calling of God over your life is. Do you know where you're going? Because sometimes we can't remove people, we can't remove things because we have no sense of direction of where we're going. But Paul is giving us one that's general for all, which is my job is to finish this race. My job is to obtain that price. Tell your neighbor, I'm a finisher. I'm a finisher. Tell I may not feel it, but I know it. Come on, say it. I may not feel it, but I know it. I may not feel like doing it, but I know that I need to do it. And the second thing is getting rid of the sin that entangles us. Wrapping up with this. The Bible talks in the book of James about confessing our sins to God and to one another. Y'all remember that scripture? When we confess our sins to God, he brings forgiveness. But the healing happens. So it says, the verse says, confess your sins to one another so you can be healed. The healing happens when the confession is horizontally. See, because this is what happens. If you confess your sin quietly to God at home, who are you accountable to? And you will always vote for you. You will always side with you. Hey, well, well it's not so bad. I said, a text you this week, and I said, hey, listen, if you're repeating yourself, if you're repeating to yourself, it's not so bad, it's time to run. That's the first indication of run. doesn't <laughs> run. When you, oh, it's not so bad, oh, everyone's doing it. <laughs> run. It's not so bad. Spanish, degaritate. For, for my Dominicans. Run from the sin that entangles us. We read it in the verse. And Hebrews 12, 2 says, we do this by keeping, some versions say, by fixing. Fixing, I love the fixing because it means that I need to adjust. It means that I need to make it intentional. It's like if we're recalibrating something, I need to fix my eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates he initiates and he perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding its shame now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne and my last slide says we do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus at the end of the day end of the day all of us are going to fix our eyes on something the question is what are you fixing your eyes on some of us are fixing our eyes on our business and I need to make this business grow and I need to make this happen and, or my job or my marriage and my personal favorite my quality time that's a personal favor of mine please disregard that's just me venting our eyes on Jesus. Not on me, not on Pastor Marianne, not on New Vision Church, not on the people here, not on the worship team. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The Bible says that he is the champion. He's the initiator. In other words, we come to him through the faith of Jesus, but He, he's the perfecter of our faith. In other words, he makes our faith perfect. When he died at the cross, he perfected faith giving us a new covenant between God and man and saying hey listen it's not by your actions it's not by your trying <laughs> it's by grace so this afternoon i i really this message was a message that like i said it's a two part message but i had to go through this personally through a personal struggle because i was getting exhausted every single day and i was like bro I, how am i going to i mean i have no hair already like, how am I going to, I mean, am I going to be alive 20 years from now at this pace? The Lord said, well, you are trying too hard. How about giving me some space? Just discipline yourself to do it. I'll handle the rest. The Bible says, seek first, and I'll repeat that. Seek first the kingdom of God. The book of Matthew and everything else. I love it that it says everything else. Everything is everything. I want to pray for you. We close, and I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, even if you don't feel it. (laughs) Was this good for anyone today? Was this good for anyone today? Praise God. Praise God. say that the most powerful words you can share from an altar apart from Jesus loves you is me too So, if you're finding yourself struggling this morning with this topic me too you're finding yourself saying hey I I hear you pastor and I hear what you're saying but you're not in my shoes I'm like I'm not but you're not in mine (laughs) also struggling with things man I'm still, you know, there's some miles that I'm sprinting through the miles, and then some miles that I'm just dragging my feet through them. Even if I'm crawling my way to the finish line. The point is to finish. Like I said, maybe you're in this room and you're like, hey, listen, that's a really good message, but I don't I don't believe in the God that you He believes in you. What you're feeling this morning and the conviction of what you're feeling in your spirit is not, it's not vibes, positive vibes or energy. (laughs) That the Holy Spirit is in this room. That's the vibe. And I believe this morning God is willing to shift some things in your life if you're willing to surrender. Close your eyes for a moment.